Welcome to another episode of 15 Minutes in a Sauna. <clears throat> I'm Jeff Bilbrey, your host. And today we're changing it up a little bit. Uh, we're adding a little bit of video. If you're listening to the podcast, then the podcast is still here. It's still going out, but I'm also adding a, a nice little video element showing off my, my beautiful studio. You'll be able to watch me work and talk and try to figure out what in the hell I'm going to say as we as we go through this little journey. You know, it's funny, a lot of my uh, my themes as we've gone through this is adaptation and never giving up. And as I was getting ready to record this podcast, I sit down, I'm getting my desk ready, and uh, I go to adjust my microphone, and this boom arm breaks. <laughs> the damn mic falls right off of it. So I had to pivot. I could have got upset and you know whatever. I, I fiddled with it for a little bit to try and get it to work. And uh, instead, I, I, I got up and I remembered I had just bought a Blue Yeti for back here. You can see it over my left shoulder. Uh, I bought a Blue Yeti for our podcast for the Detroit Sports Nation folks. And uh, I took the, the, the standoff because I'm, I'm using the boom. And I have a shock uh, absorber on there as well. And so I got up and I grabbed the, the stand here that you see. And, uh, you know, I, I just quickly put it back together and set it up, reconfigured my, uh, my recording set, uh, what do you call it, settings. And that's it. I sit down and I made a commitment to myself. I will do at least one of these per week. I'd like to do a couple, but I got I to gotta amp up on that. So... Uh, not to mention coming up with topics for these things is, is, is a challenge sometimes. So, But I've been thinking a lot all week about what I should talk about. And it keeps coming back to this time in my life when I was, I was just going all in. You know, it started a long time ago, back in like 98, I, I started building up a, an online community through chats and things like that. And then I launched a, a forum back in uh, early 2000s, and I stuck with that. I actually built up a nice following, really, really good um, entertainment website. We did a lot of music interviews and, and things like that, and uh, it never made me a dime. I spent a lot of money, spent a lot of time, sacrificed a lot of time with my family. My wife at that time was girlfriend, um, but... You know, as we matured and, and our first daughter, as we're going to the hospital, I'm on the forum. Hey, we're, we're heading out. Wish us luck. And uh, everyone's like, get off of the computer. Of course you'd be on the forum saying that, that you're heading off to the hospital. Get out of here. And so we did. We, we, we packed up our bags and, and we went to the hospital. And uh, as I've continued to mature and grow, I've, I've constantly come up with new ideas on, on how I could leverage this entrepreneurial brain of mine. And uh, it's been a rough go. I've, I've lost uh, a lot. Uh, you know, when we were younger, my wife and I split up multiple times. Uh, I did the whole working as a bartender thing. I've, I've worked construction, uh, side jobs to try and, you know, keep the lights on and, 
sometimes that wasn't enough. And, you know, I had a car get repossessed that, that deeply, deeply wounded me. You know, that was my, my pride and joy, but I just couldn't afford it anymore. And, and then, you know, the family collapses and, but I didn't give up then either. I, you know, fought to get my family back and, and we did. And as I continue to grow though, I remember we were in this shitty apartment in, in downtown Mount Clemens, beautiful location right there with the bars and the events and everything. And I would sit in the back of this apartment and there was black mold that the ceiling was caving in, but it was my office. It was the only spot I had. And I would, I'd work like 15, 20 hours a day. And I was trying to come up with this business, uh, the millionaire approach, right? Money is you sleep. Uh, it was right along the, the MLM craze. I was trying to capture that and build my own. Right. And, uh, I mean, I did it. I, I, I wrote a 150 page book. I, I launched this company. I had multiple subscribers that, that were paying me monthly and, um, it just didn't, it didn't really shake out. It, you know, my buddy looked at me and he's like, you know, you come up with all these crazy ass ideas. You know, you've had a million of them. What are you doing? Why do you keep doing this? And I looked at him and, and I said, all I need is one. All I need is one to succeed. And so I'm going to keep trying. I don't care if it's the million and first. I'm going to keep trying because one of them are going to hit. And, and sure as shit, it came in the, the form of something that you'd never think. I, I, I went and I was doing another side job. I'd picked up the skills as a web designer. I wasn't classically trained. I just learned how to do it. And uh, we went into a bar and I, uh, I pitched a website idea to this bar owner. And uh, he's like, yeah, absolutely. Let's go about that here. Here's the, the check and, you know, whatever. And he goes, I got a, I got another thing I was wondering if you might want to look at. So I got an idea for an advertising venue, right, that, that would allow us to tap into the bar advertising, you know, money. They, they, they have these local publications that, that do concert reviews and, and everything else. And they, they spent thousands of dollars buying ad space here. It's like, what if we had a, a sports site, you know, because it was a sports bar that we were in. He's what if we had a sports site and we sold full page ads to local bars? We can do, you know, tap into that revenue. And uh, I was like, sure, I could build that for you. At that time, I had no interest in running it, no interest in taking it, you know, taking it where it would eventually lead. Um, I, I was just going to build this thing, and, and we came up with a name, and uh, I registered it right there, and went off to to build this thing that that turned into Detroit Sports Nation, and uh, you know, it, in the early stages, it was it was a lot of grind. It was staying up late for nothing. Like for, for eight years, this thing did not pay me a dime. You know, it, it was it costing me money, costing my, my investors money, things like that. And it went through many different iterations of, you know, one day it was a, a forum based site because that's what I knew. I'm like, okay, well we can, we can try it this way. And then it turned into a more classical, like corporate -y type site that, um, we just put, some 
news up, you know, as it came in. But we really focused in on our on our social properties and and whatnot. And then uh, then it turned into a blog, and I started hiring writers. Hiring, they worked for me for free for seven years, uh, not a dime, because I didn't have a dime. I, I was paying hosting fees, and they were getting bigger by the minute. And so <clears throat> we we stayed in it. And the cool thing about it, what, what brought me joy was we were beating big media because no one knew what the hell they were doing on Facebook or in you know Instagram, Twitter, anything like that. They didn't know really what it took to market on those platforms. And uh, I did because I I built this base up before trying these different things, trying different marketing aspects to try and get, you know, uh, my ideas out there. And I've done a million hours of research on this stuff. And so we started to see success. It took a long time. Like I said, about seven years of putting in effort and not really seeing any kind of return at all. And then the bottom fell out. Bottom fell out again. You know, I started to do better. My, my income from my day-to-day jobs kept getting better and better and better because I was also investing into trying to make myself a better person overall and, and constantly pushing to get to that next level uh, while working on my side job, DSN. And, and, it, and I was still doing web design and, and everything else. But there was a period, uh, I want to say it was 2018, 2017, 2018, where the bottom literally just dropped right out. Um, I ended up five months behind on my mortgage. I was on the verge of losing my my vehicles. I was losing everything, but I, I kept it in. I kept it, and I just you know I'm going to dig in, and I'm going to get I'm going to get through this. Uh, but it was breaking me. It was breaking me, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to turn to. I talked to a million different people. I talked to pastors. I've talked to whomever. And, uh, you know, I, I hit my knees out in the middle of my yard. I just went out there and I prayed and I said, God, I don't know what to do. I I'm, I'm doing everything I thought I knew how to do with my, who I am and, and the skills that I have and it's not enough. So tell me what I'm supposed to do. I don't know. I just, I don't know where to go from here. And that thing that makes me who I am started tingling on the back of my neck like Spider-Man. And uh, it said, get up and go to work. I had, uh, I've been avoiding my mortgage company. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take their calls. I was, the letters would come right in. I'd throw them out. You know, eviction coming up, throw them right out. If I can't see it, I can't hear it. It's not real. And uh, I picked up the phone and I called them. And I explained it. I said, I, I just, once I started falling behind, I was a month or two behind. Uh, I thought that I could manage. I thought I can come back and, and I couldn't. That mountain of debt just kept building. And it was crushing me. And I said, I don't know what to do. I don't want to lose my home. And 
you know, they learned from 2008 to work with people. Thank God. Because they did. They turned around and said, okay, well, let's, let's look at this. Let's see how we can fix this. Do you think you can make a payment if we take all those missed payments and just move them to the back of your loan? If we forget that they are behind and we say, give us a payment here and it's going to be adjusted, your payment's going to be a little bit higher, a little bit higher, because we're going to have to refigure out your loan. We're going to rewrite your loan. Thanks. Well, at this point, I, I don't have a choice, do I? I I'm going to have to make it work. And so I did. They, I went through the process. And they, they rewrote my loan, sent me the loan documents, and, and I made that first payment. But when I made that first payment, I made myself a promise. I said, I will never, ever miss another mortgage payment. I'll never get behind on another mortgage payment. I'll never take from that pile. I'm going to make a pile of money. When my money comes in, no matter where it comes from, I'm going to take from that top and I'm going to put it in my mortgage account. And I'm never going to touch that money again because I'm never going to let anyone take anything from me. Because if you remember back, I said I lost a car. That was my Mustang. It was $520 a month. And I paid it for a long time. And then I, I refinanced. I got it down to $420. And uh, man, that was rough. It was rough to keep it keep it up, but when they took it, they took a piece of my soul. They took a piece of me. It took a piece of my pride. Right? Uh, it eventually led to a bankruptcy, where I had to write everything off, and then I climbed back. Two years it took me to buy my first home. Bought my first home, and this was after a year of making my payments, no missing at anything, and then I started to slide, started to fall down that. And so, as we get to this last minute. That's what I want you to think about. Sometimes it takes making the hard choice. The thing that you don't want to do, the, the worst thing in the world that you could think of having to do to confront that thing that you're, you're just terrified of. I'll tell you, I was absolutely terrified to pick up that phone and make the call. But once I did, once I made that conscious choice to to confront the thing that I was afraid of, everything started to get easier. And I've never looked back. I've only gone up from that moment. And, you know, it, it wasn't the, it wasn't the first time I've been put in that position. It wasn't the first time I've had to make that hard choice. And it probably won't be the last, but I'll tell you, if you don't take anything else that I say, take this. When you're put with your back against the wall, okay, you have nowhere else to go, nowhere that you can turn, that you can, you think. Start thinking about the hard choices. Is it making a phone call to somebody that, that maybe you don't want to know you're in the position you're in? Maybe it's calling a debtor. Maybe it's having a tough conversation with somebody you love or used to love. Make that call. Do that thing. Face it. And all those other things that are building up in you will start to fall away. And when it comes down to the last moments when you just don't know, you have nowhere else to turn, 
turn up. That's it for this week. Again, I'm a minute over. I keep trying to get into the 15 minutes, but thank you so much for your time. And until next time, I'm Jeff Bilbrey, and this is 15 Minutes in the Sauna.